Hello and welcome to the Inside Risk and Compliance podcast. I'm your host, Adam Spencer, Director of AJ Fox Compliance, a specialist recruitment agency focusing on all things law firm risk and compliance. I have seen so many people carve amazing and fulfilling careers in this space, and it really has been a pleasure speaking to people who enjoy doing what they do every day. However, one thing that has really stood out to me is how hard it can be for people to access the bigger picture outside of their team, outside of their firm. We created this podcast to share with you some of the insights, experiences, and stories of the most interesting people succeeding inside risk and compliance. In today's episode, I am joined by Mark Penlington. Mark is Head of Risk and Internal Audit at Erwin Mitchell. In today's episode, we discuss what internal audit actually is. Here's a spoiler, it's not file reviews. We discuss why law firms should invest more in their internal audit functions. And we talk about why if you're working in internal audit outside of the legal sector, you might want to consider opportunities in the legal sector. Hope you enjoy. So Mark, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for having me. Good, good. No, it's great to have you here. Um, so the benefit, so for the benefit of our listeners, um, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and how you got into the world of law firm risk and compliance? Yeah, of course. So I'm the head of risk and internal audit at Owen Mitchell. And I've been there for just over 18 months now. And joining Owen Mitchell's my first experience into uh, the legal sector, mm-hmm. which was great. I had the uh, chance to set up the internal audit team uh, there about 18 months ago. So really was looking forward to actually that challenge. My background is a lot is financial services and, yep. and in practice, which I think is traditional for a lot of auditors. That's that's where they sort of generally come from. Mm-hmm. But um, so that, that chance to really set up that audit function, learn about how the legal sector works and mm-hmm. uh, the interesting world of lawyers and how audit <laughs> can support that and how risk can support that was a really good opportunity. And uh, so I've had a really good 18 months, a really good challenge to learn how audit can really support, you know, Owen Mitchell in its delivering its strategy and um, yeah. help to manage its risk appropriately. And um, yeah, so we're building a, a really good team there. Awesome. Okay. And again, for the benefit of our audience, this might seem like an obvious question to you, but um, what is internal audit? It's not just file reviews, right? Well, no, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And that that really was, that's a really um, good question because that mm. was one of the um, challenges I had straight away at Owen Mitchell because again, Jordan said, well, we have internal audit function. I was like, oh, that's quite interesting because mm. I've, you know, I was here to set up the internal audit function. And I'd say that perception of actually it's file reviews. Well, actually that's, that's compliance assurance. Right. That is, that's com- confirming we're, we're quite, it's really important work about confirming we're right with the regulation, mm-hmm. uh, we're doing the right things right with the client, etc. Internal audit is a lot, I would say, a lot wider than that. It's, it's a completely independent function. So it doesn't report into the executives, it mm-hmm. reports into the non-execs. So my um, person I report into is our audit committee chair. Yep. Um, and we look at a much wider sort of set of risks and functions than I would say maybe, you know, your file reviews and your compliance assurance mm-hmm. would do. So what we do is trying to look at what are the key things that would stop, in my case, Urban Mitchell achieving their strategy. And you would look at that from an operational point of view, from a financial point of view, technology, mm-hmm. um, regulatory, a whole gamut of different areas. Yep. And, and then you will do what you're doing is trying to understand that, organ- that say, function, that yep. team, what are those specific risks that they have? What controls do they have? 
um, to actually manage those risks down to the right level. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they actually, they don't, they wouldn't call that controls. They right. would call that doing their job. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so what we're doing is understand, well, the reason why you do that process, follow that policy, et cetera, actually, because that helps manage that risk. Mm. And then really going, are those controls, those procedures working as we designed or working as we had hoped? Um, and then we feedback that uh, to them as well, going, doing wonderful there. Mm-hmm. However, that's not quite there for, and then get to the root cause. Why is that not happening? Oh, because the system's not working properly. People mm. haven't got the appropriate training. They don't know, or, or, or you know, really just start to sort of understand that. Yeah. And then I think getting over that last piece of the perception to an audit is just go around and tell you what you're doing wrong. Mm. Well, we're there actually to what well, we support. Actually, going well. That's one of our areas to see how things are working. Yep. But then, actually, can you how would you how do we get you appropriate support? Mm. How do we help your risk management? Is it um, refining what those policies are because actually they're not as clear as we first thought? Mm. Um, actually, resources issue. Is it a systems issue? Something like that. And we're a way of escalating up to the board. Going, right. This team needs some help here. Yeah. Or actually, you know what, this team's doing all right, actually. There's other areas to go and focus. Mm. So it's that objective, independent assurance that actually um, risk is being managed appropriately. And we do that by really actually going in and sort of testing and see how it works firsthand. And has there been quite a large sort of education piece internally to get everybody to understand that that's what, what it is as, as well. Yeah, I think it, it's about re- keep on repeating that message. Mm-hmm. And even in my sort of previous roles in financial services where audit is a, you know, it's been around for probably a little bit longer and, and it's, um, but it's got about that sort of message about, about support and what we're here to do, not here to look over your shoulder and go, that's wrong, that's wrong. And, and mm. produce a report at the end with some red writing on it. <laughs> it's uh, it's about, yeah, education of really, okay, coming from that risk point of view yeah. and how that's how closely it links to risk mm. as well and go, right, and this is how we get the support for your your team really. Yep. And yeah, you say, you, you keep on going through that message and through that, then people actually start to come to you then. Mm. I have this issue, I have this problem, and I think that's where we're trying to get to that trusted advisor yep. sort of area. And I Definitely. think that is always the holy grail is people start to come to you yeah. and yeah. go, actually, can you help on this as well? Um, so, so yeah, there is, there is a good bit of education piece there as well, but it's education for the in, people internal audit as well because mm. we start to know more about the business, yes, how it operates, where are its cultural norms and et cetera as well. So it's a two-way process. And you mentioned your previous roles have been in financial services. I think uh, I noticed you'd worked in insurance companies for insurance brokers. How does that world compare to being thrown now into a law firm environment? Are there similarities or is it very, very different? Uh, The similarities are what we're trying to achieve Mm -hmm. in actually to really understand that the risk management has that appropriate um, controls and there's Mm -hmm. a right level of oversight. So the outputs are the same. Yeah. I think what there is the difference of in terms of some of the maturity around that. So certainly in the insurance, both in the insurance firms, as I say, risk is integral. Mm. Yeah, and has you know uh, for a long time, it's been around for fifty or sixty years. So there's a lot of memory within those organisations, even if you're not part of the risk department. Yeah, you, you have an understanding of risk, mm. and it's sort of drilled in, drilled into you maybe a little bit more. Where I think from the from the legal sector, what some of the maturity, it's not sort of just inherently there. You mm-hmm. have to go and think about it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and that's where I think where my team come in is trying to help with that education piece. So it starts to come second nature. So 
you start to recognise, as well as you're doing your job, oh, you are doing controls at the same time. Mm. And when you start to recognise you're doing controls, and you think, well, actually, how can I enhance that control as well? Make it more efficient, make it more robust, mm. um, make it a better experience for the client, yeah. uh, et cetera, as well. So, so uh, yeah, I, I think it's sort of more on the front end is mm -hmm. where that sort of um, the risk and audit are part of the legal sector is developing. And is that part of the interest in working in the legal environment, that there is that opportunity to have such a big impact and, and make a change on how the business runs? It is very much so, yes. And I think that's what I found and, and, and in my environment, actually, is because in financial services, there is quite a machine. You mm. have to produce this every month, and, and it's a really big operation. So if you were to deviate from that machine, actually, you, there's a lot of expectations you need to manage around here. Well, actually, at the legal sector, I've got tried, really given the opportunity to go, do you know what? I think this is the better way to do the audit plan yeah. or to manage risk. And there's a little bit more freedom there to actually experiment and to innovate mm. uh, and to look at things differently. Um, and I think that, that that is one of the one of the sort of things I've really enjoyed here. Is actually, go, well, I've always thought risk management or audit should be done this way. Yeah. And I've, I've been able to go, well, ah, that's worked really, really well. Or maybe that's not quite worked uh, as well as I had hoped in terms of some of the interaction or the way I sort of delivered the audit or, or the scope, et cetera. Mm. Um, and, um, but you can learn that and you can refine your proposition. So maybe in the financial services, um, it, it's difficult to change some of your outputs because there's a clear expectations there where actually yeah. I think the legal sector has a really good chance to actually be quite innovating in this area. So there's a bit more freedom. Yeah, certainly, certainly. Uh, not a good bit of... Freedom with the right oversight. Yeah, yeah. too. Yeah, limited freedom. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I just wanted to take a moment out to thank our amazing sponsor, the International Compliance Association. The ICA are the leading professional body for the global regulatory and financial crime community, offering professional qualifications, world-class events, and training. Go check them out online, and if any of the certificates or courses take your fancy, then you can get ten percent discount using our code AJFOX10 at checkout. Obviously, you know, we talked about the fact you've come into this sector from a, a different background. And I know we were talking off air about, um, I think you were talking about the fact that um, it's important that the legal sector looks outside of the legal sector for, for talent. Have you found that there's been challenges bringing learnings that come from outside of the legal sector to get them listened to? And, and also, have you found that they feel like there are barriers just generally to bringing in talent from outside of the legal sector? I think there are some barriers around, there's, I think I found there can be quite sort of traditional ways of interacting mm -hmm. um, within the legal profession themselves and also with outside as well. You know, it's, it's a very hard route and a long route to become a lawyer. Mm. Uh, around there and you don't get there by you know just on talent alone it's a lot of hard work as well but I think as we as it, we develop as, a, as an industry mm. actually risk professionals and audit professionals um, I think that chance to go outside that the, the, sort of the legal industry and the legal environment because actually you, know, you bring people from financial services or from the government where actually the skill is really I think is audit Right. rather than the actual industry. And I think they're very transferable mm. around there. It is, um, I think this perception of audit is, well, you have to know what you're looking at yep. before you can audit. Yes, but you have to go and learn each, every company is different. 
every mm. organisation. So even if you've spent 30 years in the legal world, you move to a new company, they'll do things in a different way, mm. at different timings, with different people, have different levels of importance. Mm. So the skill of the auditor to actually learn that, what she actually means for the organisation. And I think sometimes that's probably a little bit glossed over. Yeah. And uh, and so I'd say a challenge for me when I joined Erwin Mitchell is, is to understand how Erwin Mitchell works. Mm. But that would be the same challenge I would face anywhere else. And over that sort of six months, I've started to sort of learn that. And I think so really we can take in sort of talent from other areas of the industry because there's a lot bigger pool, yep. certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think they would help in different ways of thinking around mm. this as well. And actually help to actually challenge the industry going, are we doing the, sort of the right things around there? Are we looking at the right risks? Mm-hmm. Maybe if you come from a similar background, you end up potentially always looking at the same things. Yeah. So the chance to actually look at things of different um, different, um, different importance is, is, is very much. And also the legal firm is not just competing with other legal firms now. Mm-hmm. They're competing with other different types of, of businesses as well. We've seen that businesses can, can quickly change to markets and sectors, yep. um, particularly um, and with actually a lot more resources and so can upskill very, very quickly with the advent of technology and, you know, with AI, things mm. can move really, really quickly. Um, so actually need to actually attack that challenge from actually different areas of business where actually it might be, they might be a bit more skilled around yeah. that. The knowledge can, well, I'm a big believer, the knowledge can always be taught. Mm. Um, yeah, but it takes a long time to get around that sort of ways of working and those mm. those underlying skills. Yeah, I think my auditing skills have over the past eighteen years have been continually refined. Mm. My lo- my knowledge quickly or meant you know uh, increase increases in terms of the different types of audits that I do. Yeah. But the underlying behaviours, that's what I've been developing over the last few work by the last few years. Yep. And I think that's a good challenge for the industry to try and get those good audit behaviours in. Definitely. And talking of challenges to the industry, you mentioned AI and we were talking yep. a little bit about that off air as well. Do you see that as offering a benefit to the sector? Is it a big risk or a bit of both? I, I personally believe AI is a, is a real game changer, mm. I have to say, in the way we actually work. I think a number of people will see it as a technology issue or mm-hmm. a technology thing. It's it's For me, it's not. It's, it's a way of we working Yep. way of working and um, how we interact with our clients and with each other in terms of efficiencies. And um, I think it's really one of the keys about getting those sort of understanding of AI works, doing qualifications or certifications. That'd be something mm-hmm. that I would very much push myself and push my team mm-hmm. and, and, and what we're trying to sort of do there as well. And understanding as well that AI doesn't give you the whole answer. No. AI is about... Um, giving you a really good basis to work off. So rather than having a blank piece of paper, and going, mm. oh, I have no idea where to start here, which is probably <laughs> a lot of my life going, where yeah. do I start here? <laughs> AI can give you something that's about 50% right. Mm. And you go, okay, then let me look at that. That's a helpful, I like that, I like that. Or that's not that's not how I would talk, or that's not mm. how we would interact with the client. So that's the bit you start to evolve. And also, the more you use AI, I think we found out the skill is how you ask the questions, how you ask yes. the prompts. Yeah, yeah. So you may ask, so we've used it, for example, to help us write first draft internal audit reports. Mm-hmm. I'd never send an internal audit report out just by AI. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it really sort of goes, um, write the question, well, they haven't followed this policy. It gives you a reasonable answer. But then if you can go, it's policy in this instance on, on these occasions, 
um, in this area and start to build that up and actually sort of build up that sort of template for AI. Yeah. It can give you an 80% right answer mm. and then it's refining it for your tone of voice or, or how you need to interact with the client as well. So I really feel AI is, is extremely powerful in, in doing your day-to-day job but also helping you explaining things to people yeah. as well. And it's such early stages as well, oh, isn't yeah. it? It's, yeah. it's so recent that we've been sort of toying around with it and it's already you know, able to do fantastically exactly. amazing things. So. Exactly, yeah, yeah. You can't imagine what you could do in sort of 10 years' yeah. time, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I guess a slightly different question, maybe a big question, but if um, if there was a partnership out there or a senior leadership team out there at another firm who maybe hadn't invested in an internal audit function in the way that Owen Mitchell had, um, you know, what would you say to them? How, how would you encourage them um, to see it as a, a beneficial thing to, to spend money and resource and time investing in? Well, I think that's, that's a really excellent question around actually what can internal audit mm. offer to sort of law firms who don't traditionally have an unassured an function. And for me, so it's it's trying to change that sort of perception around internal audit isn't there to sit over your shoulder going, mm-hmm. that's wrong, that's wrong, that's right. It's around learning how to really support the organisation yep. and actually really help its strategy and objectives. So internal audit is giving you that independent and objective view. So... You know, we've got no axe to grind around mm-hmm. there. So actually, if you really want some an objective view for something, give the internal audit team to do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're not, not looking to carry favour at all. They just go, well, this is what it's like. And uh, and then it helps as your organisation gets bigger on, mm-hmm. on that growth path. Then your, your span of control is naturally going to um, go wider. Mm-hmm. So actually, how are you going to get that comfort that people are still aligning with your strategy and what you're starting to achieve? We're all human beings and we all have our own mini strategy, you know, and how we want to achieve. So part of that really skill is actually aligning people together. And one thing that I also said, for me, internal audit is a sign of success. Mm. Um, if you've got internal audit function because you've grown to a size, you've been successful and grown your business to a size that actually you need help to ensure that everyone is is on that alignment path and yep. actually working with your strategy, um, be it profit goals, be it growth, be it operational efficiencies. And we can provide you that insight that we can really help you go, I know there's something not quite right in that area, but mm. I haven't got the resources, the skills, the, the time to go and do that. The internal audit function can do that and they can really articulate it as mm. well go, well, that specifically is what needs help, what needs further support in that that part of the organisation. And then you can go and do something specifically about it rather than potentially spending lots of money sort of skirting around the issues and getting yep. very sort of subjective opinions. You can get a clear objective opinion. So it helps to spend, hopefully your investment is more targeted as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I think you really get to see return on investment and I think in financial services mm. as audit has grown in there actually because they're organizations that spend lots of money and, and so they want comfort that their investments is, are, are, are working well yeah and I think internal audit has really helped to do that it's amazing that really clarifies things and I guess paints it in a different light to you know it, it sounds really empowering to a business that wants to grow to help it understand how to grow in the right areas. So let's say we've convinced the partnership or the senior leadership team to invest. How do you now go about um, convincing people undertaking internal audit roles outside the legal sector that, do you know what, you should you should leave your, your nice top four accountancy firm or whoever <laughs> it may be to come and work in a law firm that's just beginning to do this? Well, yeah, I think that's great. And, and I, would, I would really encourage 
you know, people who've got a good basis in practice Mm. or actually not, you know, internal audits, just not from that accountancy background now as well. And actually data scientists, Mm. uh, technologists uh, and, and, and get that sort of wider view. I want to say in a, in a sort of law firm, what actually you've got a bit more freedom. Mm. You're not suddenly into a machine that you may be in a big sort of financial services and and you're, you're uh, one of many. And yes, I appreciate some people like that sort of clear, direct career path, senior to manager, senior management to, to director. But I think what you get in that sort of legal uh, firm is actually the ability to try new things and actually from myself, I've actually experienced things that probably I wouldn't have done in the financial mm. sort of services area as well about how leading um, that chance to be going to audit committees a lot earlier and cutting your teeth on those sort of things rather than just doing the testing, which you may do in, in, in other places. The chance to actually really influence some of the conversation by leading forums and actually mm. engaging with maybe more senior management, which you may not do in, 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 a, in a sort of... Um, again, financial services or government sort of led role as well. So I think there's really a lot of freedom yep. um, in that, in the sort of legal services to actually really sort of shape the internal audit industry. Mm. Uh, and I think that's, you know, be it with technology, with AI as well. Um, and and so I'd, I'd yeah, encourage that because I think it's just not that direct sort of um, career path and actually get a bit more freedom and actually to make that role you're really your own and potentially you may even make that... De- that department your own as well. That's amazing. Well, that sounds fantastic. That sounds like a a very good reason for anybody working in a different sector to move into the legal space. But look, Mark, thank you so much for your time. That has been really eye-opening to give us a a better understanding of the area you work in. And I hope that's been really helpful to our audience as well. So thanks for your time. Thank you very much. Cheers. We really hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast as much as we enjoyed recording it. If you did, please do us a huge, huge favour and share it with a friend or a colleague. The more people we can get listening, the more time and energy we can get into recording more episodes and getting the best guests and the most interesting stories and insights. I want to say a huge thank you to the ICA for their support, to Ty and Karem here in the studio, and a massive thanks to Kat for making sure everything runs so smoothly behind the scenes. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, follow us on LinkedIn to make sure you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you.